Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This week in League, shocking new research shows COVID causes brain damage as Adam Reynolds declares the Broncos are premiership contenders. Luke Brooks to be sent to Ukraine to stand in front of Russian tanks to see if all attack on Earth dies when he's close. A stellar performance from Happy Coruscant leaves Manly as lifeless as all his other exes. Plus, we look ahead to all the action for Round 2 of the 2022 NRL season. All that and more this week in League. Welcome to episode 446 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. And I am Glenn. You are fucking cancelled this time. I'm <laughs> I'll not tell you what, I, Jay's I, thought I, had, I thought I had COVID for a second. Um, That first line was quite fucking long and I didn't quite budget the amount of breath to take in at the start of it. <laughs> and I was, I was feeling a bit of pressure on the lungs by the time I got to the end of it. <laughs> uh, anyway, how we doing, fellas? Fantastic. Feels like forever since we've we've spoken. <laughs> you get used to this. Every that? night phone calls. Was there a stretch we went through last year where we did like we had to make up a member episode or something and do one of these and mm. like we did like three or four nights in a row. Yeah. I feel. I, I feel like we 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 in more winter. inclined to stack it was stack the nights. Middle I think. of winter and we fucking jammed three late. And- Nights yeah. in a row where it was a similar time where we went, let's do an hour flat and knock this over. And fuck me, we're still rolling at fucking hey, midnight. But the last the last episode worked. I said an hour flat, and I'm mean, sure it was like about an hour 18 or something like that, but that's pretty close. Mm. The closest we've ever come. Maybe we're getting better at this. 450 episodes in. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> just had a half, well, 20-odd minute car ride with uh, Jax, who... Lost his semi semi final tonight in touch football, so that was uh, stark contrast to the last twenty minutes where there was lots of words spoken. It's fuck all words spoken in the car on the way home. So Not- how so how so after a loss he's a he's a bit of a Mitch Moses. Oh, yeah, he's just, he's dirty. He's hyper competitive and doesn't like to lose. Yeah. So yeah, mm. how do you go? How do you go individually? Oh, he had he dropped one. He dropped one ball that he would normally catching his fucking sleep. He's pretty dirty on it. It, was, yeah. it happened in the first half and he was still dirty well after you, half time. So, so are, you, are you going to teach him a lesson tonight? Uh, well, I said to him, mate, you're only in the side for your hands, so if you fucking dropping balls, what the fuck are you there for? No, so <laughs> so you need to throw balls at him while he is asleep. <laughs> you I'm need to bust do that. You need to kick his door in and scream, Think fast, you useless <laughs> motherfucker. Look, I'll leave you to be the dad that throws his balls at his kids when they're asleep, mate, but I'll just fucking, I'll just let the kids sleep off a loss and fucking oh. wake up tomorrow and it's a new day. Then <laughs> no need for crude humour. Oh, thanks, mate. Thanks for the advice. Really like, appreciate it. I'll really? take a leaf out of your book. 
No, no really one appreciate. At, no one laughs at potty mouth. <laughs> I really appreciate you leading the way. No, I can't remember what the I can't remember which movie it was, but it was one of it was like a, an American football movie, and um and one of the players in the team became known for you know poor handling, and so they, the, the coach entrusted him with a ball, and he had to have this ball with him at all times, and everyone else was instructed: if you see this guy with the ball at any time, anywhere, mm. knock it out of his hands, and if you drop it, you know. He lays out some consequences. And so this guy had to carry this ball like it was an egg all the time at school, in between classes, anywhere he went. And and, and there were people out there looking for him to try and knock out. You need to do that to Jackson. Just give him a ball and say, okay, here you go. Every drop is worth, I don't know, set punishment. And, and, then, <laughs> and give, then he's handling me good next time. And then give his little brother an air horn. <laughs> well, you just give the bounty, whatever you're punishing him. I mean, make it a monetary thing. And then whatever the money is, you make sure that's getting injected straight into the the Leo economy <laughs> so that he's equally incentivized you guys are to see. fucking see. monsters. <laughs> oh, for, forgive us for handling problems like the fucking United Nations. <laughs> Economic sanctions. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but in this case, you are empowering a dictator. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing about empowering dictators is, I mean, it, it works out great when it's your dictator. Yeah. If you, if you lose control of him, which, I mean, for Leo, I mean, surely you've got another five, six, seven years before uh, you he need starts to, to become a problem. My friend, you need to spend a bit more time around Leo William Blackley because <laughs> that motherfucker's out of control already. <laughs> now look um i was looking at the news articles earlier and surprisingly there's there hasn't been a, there's not a lot out there in terms of news can i throw a Which, bold prediction yeah, sure while there is other clickbait worthy shit going on in the world mm-hmm. uh, and <sighs> normally you would expect a downturn in uh you know shock horror rugby league stories because it's an election year. Mm-hmm. we got that going on at home. We still have the tail end of COVID, you know, and, and any um, clickbaity shit around that still generates attention. We also have this fucking invasion in Ukraine, um, unless Russia win, in which we have this heroic peacekeeping mission in Ukraine. Uh, but I am almost certain that the powers that be at news outlets understand exactly what they can and can't obtain in terms of clicks from the general public. So just hang on. You are really on a mission to be cancelled tonight in one night. All So you just said if Russia win, it'll be pitched as a fucking peacekeeping victory. How good. I love it. You know, that that's that's a joke. I love the newsreader saying, you know, I welcome our new alien overlords. <laughs> love it. But um, no, I'm, I'm almost certain now that because there is so much stuff out there for people to click on, they don't need to blow all of their rugby league clickbait loads yet. Hmm. And I guarantee you there is scandalous shit saved up for <laughs> after Putin signs the fucking get the fuck out of here papers and you'll start to see an uptick then. Mark my fucking words. And it also shows that over the last little couple of years, any actual journalist that can sit down and write a decent analytics piece about the game 
is out of the fucking industry. They're doing something else. You know, except for the odd the odd one or two, it is nothing but fucking clickbait. Like, did you see um, fucking Paul Kent's article suggesting that Tommy be moved to centre? In moved to centres in round in round two. Yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck yeah. said that? Paul Kent. Paul Kent. Oh my good lord. Now again, you sort of <sighs> con- contra report that that is the. It's not even it, well. Look, it is clickbait. But how is that? How how is that even a thing? You know, yeah, it's, it's straight up. It's like it's engage it's engage engagement bait for for the snippet that gets pushed out on socials. Yeah, for you know, for for every rugby league fan, then to to at him and say, "Watch the fucking game, you mongoloid! You don't know, you don't know shit about fuck." You know, but how how many articles have there been around? You know, here's a breakdown of the. The on-field um, KPIs of teams that won this week versus teams that didn't, you know, yeah. whatever, whatever it may be. Where's that analysis? There's fucking none. Well, there's none, but I mean, at the same time, I mean, the the the, the clickbait there just isn't a great deal of news. Period. Like even removing like the ongoing battle against the clickbait out of the out of the equation, there's just not like just the sheer volume of stuff they're putting out there. Yep. Is is so is so low at the moment because I don't need and, to. I mean, yeah. But also, yeah, maybe they're, it's it's not even like they're focusing on the game the the games. It's just exactly. It's just there's just not a hell of a lot out there. I mean, there's a little bit about Bellamy coming up because he's got his his five hundredth. Uh, coaching game this weekend, so there's a little bit around that. Tidbit out of that was that apparently uh, he was steered away. He was set to sign to coach the Raiders in 2002 and was kind of nudged, pointed in a different direction. Mm. Um, so just think about the sliding doors moments if the Raiders had managed to land Bellamy back in 2002. 2002, who was on that squad? <laughs> I honestly could not fucking remember a keep, single keep talking inhabitant yeah but but it's not it's not it's not necessarily about the 2002s it's more about the structural ground up systems that would be in place at, at Canberra now mm. where players aren't getting spitefully dropped for no reason <laughs> their wags are, are kept under control and not they're not gobbing off either on the socials yep and you would just you would assume that Canberra would be the the term faders would never have come into existence. Yeah, you'd think. Uh, Jason so. Jason Croker, Brett Finch. Oh fuck, Bellamy didn't have kids at that stage, so it would have been okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Hodgson, Mark McClendon. Yeah, look, I'm not going to say he was going to get uh, immediate success, but remember, he turned that storm side to you know he took them to a grand final in yeah. what oh six with. Largely unheralded at the time players. That's it. Ruben Wiki. Ryan O'Hara. Oh. Maybe he could have got the, the extra, uh, the jet skis and Harvey Norman stuff through his like government grants or something as well. But look, you know, 500 games, it's a, it's a, a hell of an achievement. Yeah. Because let's face it, coaches can get moved on very swiftly. And if the again, results aren't there, so it's testament to the to continuing continually uh, good results over a very long period of time, like two decades. Like how many times have we said it on this show? The ratio of people that are average or fringe uh, mm-hmm. first graders going to Melbourne 
and play rep games and become mm. superstars and win premierships and, and look like world beaters compared to those ones who come out of the Melbourne system, go elsewhere, mm-hmm. and never get even close to the, to the heights that they reached mm. in, the, in the Storm system. That, yep. I think, is, is the greatest part of his legacy. Yep, I would agree. Um, and, yet, like, and the only story in Toyota clickbait is the headline from Andrew Webster was uh, Booty Ball, colon. Why the Roosters aren't worried about Sam Walker. And it goes on to say that, uh, that Trent Robertson has dismissed concerns about Sam Walker's size heading into his second season, claiming that it's uh, the size of his ass that impresses him. And the quote from Trent himself is, I talk about the Walker ass. Robinson explains straight faced. All the Walkers had round, powerful asses. That's a help for him. That's a benefit. <laughs> and he goes on to say, this year he's got thicker shoulders, more of a chest, but he's always had that thick ass that makes him quick. His legs are a bit bigger so he can kick further. He's got an extra five meters on his goal kicking in general play. And I think he'll have a lot better year than last year. And then it goes on to have uh, you know a discussion with Ben Walker, his dad. About his that, ass. Uh, <laughs> Well, well, he didn't play for he played four hundred twenty four games, right? In the NRL, he played for uh, for Manly. Uh, was leading point scorer, I think, one of the years. Um, but he said uh, it missed me. <laughs> but his uncles Chris and Shane have it. Size won't be an issue for Sam. It is now like it is for most players in eighteen or nineteen. And they haven't developed. You're growing to himself. You can't be genetics, and uh, blah blah blah. And then he goes on to actual real metrics about weight and height rather than <laughs> rather than his ass. But. Uh, so bizarre, while, so bizarre while you, conversation, but anyway. So yeah, so so while so while you are um, you know, pleased with the lack of clickbait at the moment, let me tell you, you can still find the you can still find the fucking tails out there. Well, look, I'll tell you, um, I'll tell you what, that, but see that that's not clickbait per se. Like, no, no, it's not clickbait. Paul I'm just saying, but it's but it's also not the fucking analysis that you, you that you you're reaching out for that, either. They've they've said, okay, guys, no more clickbait this week. We need some good old-fashioned rugby league journalism. Everyone get out in the streets and find me a story. Can you imagine little fucking Webby sitting behind his laptop there, tapping that out, going, oh, I haven't written a real news story in years. This is fucking great. And that's what he comes out with. I feel like George, I feel like George Negus. Thesaurus.com. Let's find some let's find some fucking let's find some words that we can use for us. Oh booty, there we go. Yeah. Oh, of course. My humps by fucking black <laughs> Let me just transcribe that. And uh, <laughs> honestly, he's, he's sitting there humming the fucking Four Corners theme to himself. Fuck off back to your hole, you useless flop. <laughs> well, that was that was that was that was rather venomous. <laughs> oh man, man, I've been grumpy told, tonight, mate. I have been told oh, just by by journo's on Twitter again without any irony in their voice. It's better be it's better to be first than right. Like, I, an employed journalist in rugby league said that to me on Twitter without a hint of fucking irony about it. It's better to be first than right. So, you know. Yep. Now we're writing stories about the size of people's asses. Yeah, Fair was enough. it the first time? Was it the first time you heard that story? <laughs> He's <laughs> <Case> closed. <laughs> He's first and right. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, <laughs> and of course, I mean, it's you know, the, the, it's obvious. I mean, like Joey was the fastest player that we've ever seen in the game. Yeah, that's and, it. You know, all, all thanks to that fucking dump truck. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, set <laughs> set drop, games. dropout records that'll never be broken. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Now, let's uh, let's let's just look ahead to the games, shall we? Round two of the twenty twenty two NRL tells us premiership. The first game, the Thursday game, is the Melbourne Storm taking on the South Sydney Rabbitohs down there at the Korean Housewife in Melbourne. Now, a bit of change there for the Melbourne Storm. I mean, obviously, on face value, you look at their performances last week and go, well, you know, the Storm should have them covered if they can keep that going. However, Brandon Smith, broken hand, Christian Welsh, uh, Achilles, as we mentioned uh, in the last episode, and uh, and George Jennings. I mean, they're, they're both essentially gone for the season, you know, with some hope. Yep. Um, Munster and Grant come straight into the side at 6-9. and nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, So, Meany drops to the reserves. Um Look, and they got Jesse Bromwich straight in as a, as a straight swap for Welch. <clears throat> so it's not the end of the world, but, you know, they certainly can't really sustain too many more injuries. Yeah. You know, for a bit there because, um, you know, they lost, lost so many good guys. The Rabbitohs, uh, for their part, they've got the trail back in uh, fullback. So um, who else we got there? Johnson goes to the wing. Mansour out of the 17. So... I guess the question is: Do the Rabbitohs really does the does the the reappearance in the lineup of Latrell do enough for the Rabbitohs to give them a chance of getting even within twenty of this Storm side? I, I think Who the Rabbitohs like they... will be better than they were last week. But you look, yep. you compare the one six seven nine. The Rabbitohs haven't shown that they have a seven yet. Um, Munster back in is massive, um, and obviously Cheese being out is a. Is a dent for the storm, but Harry Grant comes in and you know business as usual. I think the storm will win comfortably. Well, now they've yeah now they've actually got a hooker. You know, with yeah. Grant and Smith being injured and sitting on the sideline for that whole game almost. Mm. Yeah, you that's know. Then, then so now you've they've actually got a hooker in the side. And the thing is, you know how how much did the the cheese thing stunt the storm against the Tigers? It just like that game just sort of had the feeling that the storm kind of figured it out. Within on the, a game, on the fly, yeah, yeah of what they, of what they of what they had to do, and so I think that they'll you know pretty much just go on with that. I don't think they're going to have a slow start this week. Um, rabbits, though, I know it's early in the season, so I, I'm yeah, I'm, not, I'm not too keen to go out on on you know massive hot takes, but man, they've got to show something. Yeah, I think there's too much pressure on Ilias at this stage, and um, this is a this is a massive a massive test and. Away from home, I, I don't think they're up to it. Mm. Yeah, um, and he's going he's gonna to get roasted through the fire too in this game. To continue my fucking rant against shit journalists, um, I heard old mate fucking Red Nose Buzz talking about this game and was looking at, right? Um, so they've played 35 matches. Right. Melbourne have won 30. Souths have won five. Okay. And so he said... The law of averages tells us that Souths are more than due. So voodoo, essentially, is so, what he's talking about. Well, well, he doesn't understand how fucking laws of averages work <laughs> <laughs> for a fucking start. Um, yeah, no. Uh, I, I don't think Souths have it in it this early in the season. Um, the outs you mentioned for Melbourne are big. But... All of a sudden, you've got fucking ready-made rep-level replacements that slot straight in there, plus the return of Australia's representative number six. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think Storm yeah. win by plenty. That's it. I mean, for the sake of Rabbitohs fans, and like, I mean, is there such a thing? You'd like to see better out of them, but I don't, yeah, I don't think they, I don't think they've got a chance. Uh, is there such Dragons, a thing as Rabbitohs fans? Yeah, he's, I don't, I don't know. You tell me. Look, I'm the, I can't, I, you know, I can't say for sure. I mean, you don't know what you don't know. But You've never met one. I've never met one. I've never seen one. There is um, a reporter put on Twitter today. They they bragged about South Sydney being the only club that mm-hmm. has a dedicated group of supporters that come to every training session, which are held during work days. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I'm surprised. Penrith and Tigers haven't got a similar group set up, if I'm honest, but... <laughs> Pub slot game. Dragons take on the Panthers. And uh, this one, George Burgess comes into the squad in the 17 jersey with Aaron Woods out. Uh, murderous Frank Molo is going to start up front. And Tarek Sims listed in the reserves. I'm not sure he's going to get any game time uh, for the Penrith Panthers. Leota being out puts uh, Lanue in to start. And Eisenhuth fills the vacant bench slot. Penrith oh, got man. plenty. How many? Again, you remember that Penrith is still at heart a very young team. They're, they're still without Cleary. And Wallace Sullivan had an excellent debut last week. You know, um, youth and inexperience and hubris. The fucking defending premiers, cunt. They're going to run into uh, a 24-point lead after about 15 fucking minutes no, and coast look, the rest exactly. of the way. Here's the fuck out of here. Panthers, Panthers, I'm, I'm Panthers assessing, touch 50 in this game, right, Glenny? I'm assessing... Well, I, I, I think they'll real. coast. I, I honestly think they'll, they'll they'll blast them early, shock and awe, and then they'll they'll coast. I don't, I don't think of, they'll couple, get 50... You know, I don't think it'll be a massive blowout. Couple of consolations, 38-12. Although, have yeah, you seen that's the Dragons that... The one thing the Dragons have that they haven't faced this year is a good fullback. Yeah, Tyler so, Sloan did about a third Sloan. of the statistics of fucking Tommy last week. <laughs> so, yeah, but, but please go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to need a bigger boat. but um, I fact-checked I, I fact all that shit rigorously. <laughs> I can tell you, I can tell you the meters, line breaks, tries, and, and try and try assists for every fullback. <laughs> oh fuck! Um, yeah, Penrith thirteen plus. Put your house on it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, main game Friday night: the Roosters take on the mighty Manly Sea Eagles at the SCG. I fucking hate the SCG for footy. I mean, like it was great in like nineteen eighty seven, but. The big oval with the you know the the you know the small I, I fucking don't rate it anymore. Um, the Roosters side, they've got um, letters at prop and uh, and Baker bench they swap back. Uh, otherwise, their lineup is uh, the same as last week. Uh, Manly Dylan Walker makes his return from uh, his ankle injury, which pushes Cooler to the reserves. Um, otherwise, the same. Letters the. Uh the man that's never been tackled until last week when Kurt Mann tackled him and that made Kurt Mann a good forward according to some fucking mouth breather. Um, <laughs> letters, uh, letters maybe, he may almost be one of the last surviving nickname having players from like back in the day, like from yeah. around the start of the show. If you think of like, you know, with, with so many, you know, retiring, just like, just aging out of the game. Yeah. 
he may be one of the he the may last be the last. One. Yeah. So yeah, unicorn. I guess that makes him that makes him some kind of national treasure, of <laughs> some some small fucking <laughs> small. Uh, um, yeah, you've only got a week's worth of form to go off. I think um, I think Manly would be too strong for the Roosters. They didn't impress me last week, and uh, Manly certainly faced a higher quality of opposition in round one. I think they'll be too strong for the Roosters. Yeah, Manly. Manly and their fans, and rightly so, would have been absolutely shitting themselves about this game right up until the point that they saw the Roosters play last week. Well, no, I think you, no. To, honestly, I think that it it fires them up more. I mean, I, I think having 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 to give credit to to Newcastle as a side <coughs> as a vanqu- as a vanquished side is you know a fate worse than you know almost everything. Maybe conceding a hat trick to Noffa would be worse, but. Or not, or not putting a hat trick on offer, maybe, but, but, I think that the Roosters will be absolutely stinging after the way they performed and going down the way they did to the Newcastle fucking Knights of all people, who after the injury to Braley in the preseason were one of those teams that was dipped to take a massive plummet down the ladder. So um, yeah, that's it. So look, I mean, like yeah, Manly obviously faced the strongest no. opposition by far. Um, I'd, I'd I'd love to see him turn it around this week and just uh, put it like like I said on last night's show. It's like they saw that they saw the fucking standard last week, and they've got the entire season to fucking work to that standard now. And you know, I'd like to see them taking some fucking steps towards that. It would be handy if things happened, like if Carl Lawton, you know, had the decency to not knock himself out this week. Yeah. Because that was fucking massive, not being able to rotate the hookers after halftime. Um, and other than that... Here's the thing, though. I, th- I think it's less about your opposition. Exactly. It's less about your opposition. And you did face great opposition last week, but less about that and more about how you respect the ball. Because all the pieces are there for Manly. And over the course of 80 minutes, you know, give it to Tommy is enough of a strategy that it got you to you know very close to the grand final last year. Yeah, but to yeah. be able to be able to give it to Tommy, you've got to hold on to the ball and get it into good field position. Imagine, imagine what a fucking treat it would be to get a fucking repeat set, or even have like more than one, three, yeah. more than three sets in the twenty across the entire game. Yeah, um, what a treat! That's what I'm hoping to see. And yeah, I think they'll win because the the, I mean, the Rooster side, I don't feel like it's significantly better than the side they faced in the finals. No, and um, still, I'm still wondering, you know, how. Uh, I guess yeah, battle-hardened here he is, and I mean even to to this day he's talking about you know concussion protocols and things like that. Yeah, like, I just wonder you know if he's going to be the next Boyd Cordner, but um, yeah, I want to see some of those big Man, boys just he, running straight at the left shoulder of Sam Walker and giving that a good old test. But this is the thing, but like not being in a fucking position where you tackle and you use your body and you get used to that as being your natural state. Mm. I. That I don't see Kiri reaching the same heights. The hesitancy has to be there, you know, has to be. He plays above his weight, knowing that one hit ends his career. Fuck, like I, I don't know how he manages to get out there every week. I really yeah. don't. And I like to see someone fold Victor Radley as well, or he could just fold himself like he did last week. Yeah, That'd be exactly. Nice yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, whatever, he, whatever he decides to do. And that's another. That's the other issue for the Roosters. I mean, with Verrill still out, I mean, Verrill's is not a top tier hooker. 
by any and and when he's and when when he's unavailable, and like Connor Watson, who's like a you know pretty good utility value for the the Knights last year, I thought. Yep. I don't think he's really a starting hooker either. Nope. And I mean, like you know, I guess that means it evens the playing field because Manly certainly don't have one. But um, yeah. We shall see. I'm uh, I'm expecting Manly to win though, and I'm uh, hoping to see if, if at least a fucking you know much improved showing of what they can do. The uh, Saturday early game is the Gold Coast Titans taking on the New Zealand Warriors down there at Hope Solo, and uh, the Titans. Your mate Brimson returns after missing round one, so that gets them into uh, presumably what their going forward their their halves combination will be with Brimson and Sexton. Yep. And uh so Smith back to interchange and Boyd to the reserves, the worry side. Okay, so a fair few changes there. Uh Reese Walsh and Matt Lodge both return following suspension. Ash Taylor comes into the halves to replace the injured Sean Johnson. Jesse Arthurs comes in to replace the uh, injured center Violia. Harris DeVita moves to five eighth to accommodate Walsh's return at fullback and Cody Nicarima then is pushed out to the reserves. DWZ is out injured. Uh, Pompey, his replacement on the wing. Bunny Afoa to the bench for Lodge to return at prop. And uh, Ben Murdoch Masilla pushed to the reserves. Mm. So it's an all new Warriors side this week. <laughs> I like and, the Titans you know, what, in this game. Yeah. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, the Titans are a tough team. They're, they're a tough team to, you know, you wouldn't want to put money on them at the moment because obviously they have some point scoring ability in them. But man, just the way that they can duck out of games and watch the thing pass them by before they come back mm. is uh, it's and this is something that was a problem for them the year before last, and then they started to sort of get it right towards the end of that season, and they expected it. So the last season was the one, the season of hope. But the amount of times they did the same thing, I mean, there was a game against Manly where they were leading like twenty-four to four or something, or twenty-four to eight at half time, and ended up losing by fifty. So. I think against a look a more unsettled opponent. I mean, that's just the, the team list I just read out for the Warriors is completely different. Um, I think the Warriors will improve just, just the fact that Walsh is back in the side, and I, I think Lodge obviously adds some starch up front. But I don't know. I think the Titans. I. I'm looking to for feeder to be vastly improved and, and more involved. Um, and they'll need him to be, but yeah, I, I think the Titans will be too strong. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think I think the Titans will win, but but I wouldn't be surprised if the Warriors came up and did something as well, mm. though. You know? It's just one of the, I wouldn't be surprised if the, if it was another shootout like the Titans game was last week. And I mean the Dragons game last week with the Warriors was, you know, by and large that as well until the Dragons sort of, you know, got you know, a couple in a row at the end there to finish yeah. them off. But uh, yeah, I think I'd probably favour the who I got here. I just want to make sure. Yeah, I tipped the Titans. Um, the Sharkies take on the Eels, five thirty on Saturday, and uh, the Sharkies in this one unchanged in the seventeen, but in the reserves we see the names Cameron McInnes, Franklin Pelle, and Connor Tracy listed for the first time. So uh, we may be finally seeing McInnes actually set foot on the field after about five years on the sidelines. Mm. It feels. Pretty much the day after he was uh, a contender for the New South Wales Origin rake. Yeah. Um, the eel side. Uh, Sean Russell's rib injury sees uh, Blake to the wing. Uh, Opacek goes in to fill the centre vacancy. Ryan Madison's out. Uh, Kafusi's named at lock. Nathan Brown and Bryce Cartwright come onto the bench with Jacob Arthur pushed to the reserves. 
power two we'll to make this one. I think yeah. I, I, I think the Sharks are still finding their way a little bit, um, at, but I still think at their very core, they're still a gritty, grinded out sort of side, and I think Parramatta are very much a fucking sling it and see kind of side with, with a, a, a lot more skill. Um, skill-based players in their side. And I think at this early stage of the season, I, I think points will, will rule the day. Barry's got more in him. Here's the thing. I I think to be a gritty, grind them out sort of team, you need every member of that team in on that mission. And the Sharks looked like they'd never met the player next to them last week. Mm. So I don't see how they grit and grind anybody in their current guys. You end up with one person trying to you know, put a hero play on like Ramian did right at the end and, and essentially giving an avenue to, to lose the game. Um, also, when you play Parramatta, there are plenty of weak points in their defence, you know, i.e. Wonga Blake still loves himself a fucking rush-up. Yep. And I, I don't think Cronulla and their current guys are cohesive enough to run out there with a game plan to, to target him all night. I think they're too worried about how they're, they're playing together rather than putting together something to specifically attack an opposition. So, Parramatta. Oh, uh, yeah, and also Parramatta. I mean, the, the Eels we saw last week, they're nowhere near as good as they can be. No, like the the way that, like the points that they led in last week, that would have absolutely fucking infuriated. I'm sure they'd be happy with the amount of points they scored. But the st- some of the stuff they let in there from the Titans, they would have been absolutely infuriated. And uh, you know, I guess that you know, it's round one, plenty of time to fix it. But I'd like, to, you know, if, if I'm a Parramatta fan, I'd like to see them turn around, uh, you know, with a greater focus on you know, on actual defence this week. Yep. And the Sharks are a perfect team to to do that against because they're not a team that's going to you know blow you off the park. I would like to see them more give uh, Gutherson the Gutherino though. I would love it to become an ongoing meme across all other 15 clubs all yep. season long. Correct. Every week that a try is scored on Gutherson, and let's face it, whether he plays well or, or, or whether he doesn't play well, he's the fullback. I mean, he's going to be the last guy in a, a lot of tries being scored. Mm. The opportunity to throw the fucking diamonds up and fucking Gutherino, these nuts in his mouth, it's just, it's just, it's fantastic. And I'd like to see some sort of award. At the Dally M's. <laughs> like, or no. Let's, let's try and put a fucking positive 2022 vibe on this. Oh, that was why, positive. No, why don't we have it so that every time that happens, yeah, $5,000 can be donated to a charity who looks after kids whose fucking parents are related and name their child Clint. <laughs> <laughs> Right, we we may have to we may have to form that that charity too. So, uh, <laughs> call the call the lawyers. I don't think there's a charity that specific. Clint's not cunts. <laughs> 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 oh, that can be the title dot of the episode. Clint's not cunts dot org. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the title of the of the uh, of the episode if we don't come up with anything better. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine the marketing campaign? <laughs> Have you ever wondered where the Clint is? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you, I'm, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to log into my to my dashboard at the at the web hosting company on fucking Monday. 
And if that's not fucking, if that domain name has not been purchased by someone, <laughs> I'll be very disappointed. <laughs> the North Queensland Cowboys take on the Canberra Raiders. Uh, this one up at the Abattoir in Townsville. The uh, Cowboys side. Uh, Tanoa Brown's out. Uh, Jordan McLean starting prop in his place. Uh, oh, Hess back in the starting side at prop after being um, losing the game for them in the last play last week. Uh, done back in the bench. Canberra Raiders side. Frawley replaces Schneider, who uh, I believe has the has the Coviche. Uh, Starling is hooker. Hodgson's out with a knee, and uh, Trevelyan is the rotation hooker in Tra- jump up oh. number fourteen. Fucking Trevelyan air. How good. <laughs> So, Raiders the Cowboys showed absolutely two. fucking nothing. It doesn't matter what the Raiders did. Even if the, somehow I'd missed blanket coverage and not seen a minute of that game, I'm still tipping them because the Cowboys showed literally nothing. I look forward to tons of Chad Towns and fucking inside balls to, you know... Tom Cohen Hess. The, 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 the battering Rams, the, like Cohen Hess and fucking Mitchell Dunn. Mm-hmm. All game from like 10 metres out, finish eight metres out. And uh, look, outside of just individual brilliance from, you know, from the hammer and enough uh, enough space to give Kyle Felt the opportunity to do a finish, mm. what the fuck have they got? Taumalolo. Yeah. They get about 21 minutes out of Taumalolo. That's so. it. I think Cam will be way too strong across the park for the Cowboys. Tell Malolo, Tell fifty-four minutes in the middle. Mm. Yeah, that's my prediction. Yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah, no, the Canberra. yeah, moving to Sunday, the Newcastle Knights take on the West Tigers, and uh, in Newcastle, Newcastle side unchanged seventeen, and. Uh, Daniel Saifidi makes an appearance in number 24 on the uh, bench. The West Tigers side, Tamau returns from suspension. Twal goes to the bench and Garner out with the first 17. What do you make of your side this week, Glenny? Strong side, mate. Strong side. Way too strong. Stronger, stronger because, stronger because um, James Tamau is starting in the number eight? Look, we go as, as big Steph goes. Um... Tamiao is there for his experience, apparently. Um, oh, well, as I said uh, last night, I, I saw enough of the Tigers to to be reasonably confident that they're um, they're going to be competitive, and certainly against sides like Newcastle. Um, I thought Newcastle were pretty good last week, and they're playing at home. Um, Before we go any further, dangerous, dangerous players. Sorry, can I just start? Where you go? Does Bradman best play on Noffa's side of the field? Yes. <laughs> Please, continue. I expect uh, Dominic Young Loaded to... Question. Uh, <laughs> expect Dominic Young to, uh, to be tested and fail those tests. Uh, I think the Tigers will be uh, far too strong in... in uh, Get their premiership campaign off to uh, off with a uh, a victory and sort of set us on a path path to greatness. I, I can't. You don't even I sound like you believe see, it anymore. I honestly can't see why we wouldn't put forty on the nights. Um, 
I don't know. Once the night's going to score forty two or more. <laughs> <laughs> like it sounds like you. I'm it's trying it's to. I'm trying to fucking doll out rugby league truth here, and you got to just half, bring your rubbish halfway, to the table. Halfway through your rugby league truth, I thought you were going to fucking nod off. You were so bored by the bullshit you were trying to <laughs> put out there, man. Mate, you're spitting so much truth. Frank Winterstein's trying to fuck you. <laughs> He's, fucking, oh, he's, he's rolled him, he's rolled himself in fucking rice powder. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, in all seriousness, I think this will be a competitive game. I expect the Tigers to win, um, but I am uh, I am looking forward to see how they go and how Jackson Hastings and his combination with Dano and, and Brooksy develops again for another week. Dano Tigers thirteen plus, yeah, Dano. Oh, and I'm particularly interested. He plays uh, with it. He, much like Michael Jordan used to play with his North Carolina shorts under his Bulls shorts, uh, Dano plays with his Penrith jersey under his Tigers jersey. And, um, you know, he's fucking Superman. Um, you know, don't, don't think Michael Jordan was ever caught sticking his fucking undies out the window of a car. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he, had enough, he had enough money to cover that up, mate. That's it. <laughs> uh, and uh, and I'm uh, I'm most most keen to see the continued uh, experience and evolution of Kelma Tuolangi as he as he earns some valuable first grade experience before he comes to Manly to win a comp <laughs> next year. <laughs> now <laughs> the doggies take on the Broncos uh, at Sydney Olympic Park. Doggy side. Okay, so Tavita Pangai Jr. is back in the starting side this week yep. in the back row. Uh, so Waddell drops back to the bench. And let me tell you, that is that sentence that I just said then could be the biggest fucking positive versus negative <laughs> I've ever seen. Like the disparity between Tavita Pangai Jr. and Corey Waddell <laughs> is like, I mean, it's all, it's like, it's barely less than Tavita Pangai Jr. versus like a fucking cadaver. Um, now, uh, what else have we got here? Thompson starting at prop. Um, Shoop is uh, on the reserves list. And uh, that's it for those guys. Broncos side, okay. Their side last week has one big change with Adam Reynolds making his debut for the side. And uh, that'll see Kelly move to 5'8". Billy Walters goes to the bench. And uh, Tyron Roberts out. Tessie New is fit and he will be fullback. Mm-hmm. And that pushes Jermaine Osako out to the reserves. And uh, Kobe Hetherington returns via the bench. Mm. I, expect, I expect the Broncos to be too strong, certainly with Reynolds in the side. Uh, I think there'll be a dip in the uh, in what the Broncos are doing if and when Billy Walters comes on the field and Pangai Jr. can get at him. Um, what, kind of, what kind of utility value does Billy Walters have? If you're not going to play him in the halves, why wouldn't you just... I think there's there's a perception, probably from his dad, um, that he's he's an adequate fill in nine, um, right? And possibly. I a, seem to. Did you talk him up as a nine when he never. was wearing a fucking orange jersey? Never. I never <laughs> talked him up in any capacity. Really? No, well, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe you he had remember. one good game. We no. re- we record these, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You got to remember, his dad is of the vintage where, where in some instances, six, seven, and nine were interchangeable mm. for certain periods of a game. So, no. Based on what we saw last week, again, we've only got a week's worth of form to go on um, for these sides, um, both of which are, 
are quite changed, are quite different from what they were last year. Um, but I, I think the, the Broncos will be too strong. All, all of all of the dogs, you know, um, up up staffing has been in the outside backs. You know, let's be real. They they got Pangai, but he's never been a game breaker on his own. And Vaughn. Well, yeah, again, really? You're taking a fucking has-been guy who hasn't hey, showed Hey, look, any, I agree with you. Anyone any, named any Vaughn is, is always known to be a cunt. Hart or but, um, um, motor. Certainly an upgrade on what they... They had fucking forwards they borrowed from Canberra last year. Certainly an upgrade from yeah, that. Yeah, that's it. So, um, no, nah, no way the doggies get this one. Brisbane. The, the doggies won just by virtue of the fact that they fucking had a better goal kicker on the day. Yeah, that's it. And that the Cowboys made some mistakes, you know, because they, they thought they had that try under the sticks right, you know, in the last couple of minutes as well to to snatch it from them. Um, like the doggies still, the, everything we saw last year was on display in that first game as well. M- particularly just the inability to score points when starting sets in great position. And I think the Broncos, you know, so they, they sort of... You know, they're starting to show a little bit more backbone than we've seen. You know, progressively, like last year was better than the year before. The year before was fucking gone awful, mind you. But, you know, I feel like they are on the upward incline, albeit slowly. Yeah. And, and I don't think the dogs are going to... I just don't see where it's coming from. And look, and I'm not, I'm not particularly bullish on the Broncos either, but for the fact they're playing the dogs. Mm. So. No, good call. All right. Now, um... We don't particularly have a mailbag for this episode, do we? Um, did have a question sent through to me, though, um, from Joshua. And he sent to me, he said, I'm not sure when you're doing another podcast episode. I haven't seen a mailbag. So I've got a question for you guys for the next step. We've seen players like Lockyer transition from one playmaking position to another over the years, or players from one position playing another in New Queensland slash New South Wales or international rep teams. Yep. It seems to me, albeit with limited knowledge outside of teams, uh, of teams outside of the Broncos, that it seems harder for teams to find a good specialist hooker. What playing position do you think offers the best base for a transition to the hooker position? It's a question I've been thinking about for a while. I honestly don't know enough about the game to know if I'm missing something, but it just seems to me like most teams struggle to get a good nine. Um, it, I, I think Cameron Smith has a lot to answer for here. In that, look realistically, look, look at look at Happy Coruscant, right? If you if you say great hookers, then then he's not one of the the ones that immediately come to mind in most cases. But all he does is give fantastic service to the halves. He understands exactly where to put it uh, for for what his halves need, and. Is defensively solid. I think you're giving him too little credit. He's also excellent about about looking for weakness, particularly in like fatigue and things like mm. that in players. Correct. And and, send, and sending the forwards, at, you know, at a player yes. four times in a set. Yes. To you know to to the advantage at the end of the set, and that, that kind of thing. I mean, he's smart, and 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 although he won't go down in the all time like Cameron Smith has. Cameron no. Smith played the vast majority of his career. In fact, probably I think probably all of it in an under a rule set that doesn't exist today. Yeah, which Appy is particularly adapted for. Yeah, but the the point well the point I was I was going to make there 
is I think the the shining light here is Jake Friend, who was always a good hooker, but was at the end of his career and was on a massive fucking decline mm. until Cooper Cronk arrived at that club. And you remember the fucking, like you would see it during games when Cronk first got to that club, that he was instructing friend on, no, 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 you got to get me the ball here. No, 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 I mean, mm. you got to get me the ball here. And then by the end of that season, friend had learned how to deliver the ball to his halves. So I'm not sure that it's, you know, great nines that are missing. I think it's a combination of, of nines and sevens really putting in the work to get to know each other. It's about continuity of nines and sevens. Like if you don't have a Cooper Cronk that understands how to how to get with somebody and work with somebody, you'd better be putting the effort in with each other. I think the flow on from um, that is that sixes and, sixes and sevens have diluted to such a point where there's not a great deal of, you know, you take Cleary... And Cherry Evans, maybe Reynolds, and there's there's a couple other exceptions. There's not those true organising sevens that that can have that level yeah. of control. That's it. So in in your hooker, what what do you want? First and foremost, you want great service. So does that mean that a six is the best base to be a hooker? Like you also want them to make forty. Fifty tackles a game too, so I don't know too many sixes. Yeah, they, they have that. to be they have to be physically robust to be able to handle like that. You know that increased defensive load. That's it. But also, you need them to be able to be, to be fast enough and and with enough footwork to be a genuine threat of running out of dummy half. Yeah. So in the modern, so the so that the game. first receivers aren't just getting smashed all the time because there's no you know because yeah. they know they're never going to run it. That's it. So if you look at the physical archetype of that, like Cameron Smith's not a second rower. No, Cameron Cameron Smith, I, I feel like it would be a lock, right? Yeah, and, and I feel like he's a real outlier as well because yeah. Cameron Smith wasn't really he, he he never really had that running threat too much. I mean, the threat that he had out of dummy half was kicking, yeah, that's and becoming it. a better a second option for a kick when they were in trouble and they needed to turn him around quickly. But he was never like a massive running running hooker either. But I mean, he but his service was like probably next level service. So I mean, the selectivity Correct. and the and the and the runners he had to to give him you know options and and to be like you know deceptive and where it was going and you know to to try and mix it up a bit for defensive lines. Yeah. Um. So he's a little bit of an outlier, I think, because he was great, but with with not much of a running. But again, game. okay, what's what's Damien Cook's body type if he's not a hooker? Lock. <laughs> and, is that your answer to everything? But again, well, he, you ask a question, I'll give you a fucking answer. Now, play it, play it in reverse. If he gave exceptional service, does Tyrone Peachy's body shape lend him to being a hooker? Yeah, I don't know if we're going to go. I don't know yeah. if body shape's the, the defining characteristic. No, it's not. I, well, I, don't it's see it's Peachy, not. I don't see Peachy making 40-plus tackles a game without making nine misses either. No, but... I'm not saying the body shape is what what determines if you're a hooker or not, but I'm trying to say the the question was which position gives the best base to become a nine. Mm. Yeah, and I, I, I and I, I think the ultimate answer to the question is I don't know that there is one. To be honest, I think it's and, almost um, like fullback. Yeah, you can put a winger 
who's never like you know how many times do we say like you know DWZs of the world? Yeah, and like yeah, Alex, Alex Johnson as well. I mean, he does he goes back there plenty of times. Yep, but and, uh, yeah, but it, it's tough to be a great fullback because of the specifics of that position. Yeah, you can't just put somebody else who's good at a couple of things the fullback might be good at and move him to that position. Yeah. I feel like at the moment we're in like a real transition for hookers as well. I mean, you th- imagine if you if you didn't you didn't have your hooker. Imagine, so, so imagine like Appy's gone. There's no one coming up. It's like and you've got to go to the market. There's not many recognised hook apart from the Storm who are fucking hoarding two of the better ones. Mm. Yeah. There's not much out there. You know, Damien Cook obviously. Yeah. If you think about it, there's not like there are none in Queensland. Yeah. Across their teams that you would take. Nope. Raiders are kind of hoarding a couple of genuine hookers, but not necessarily to- like installing and Hodgson. I mean, they're, they're not yeah. necessarily like yeah, elite, yeah, yeah. but I mean, they are they are hookers though. I mean, and if you wanted a hooker, I mean, you could do worse than those two. Yep. But fuck the, I mean, it's pretty thin outside of that. Yeah. Roosters don't have one. No. And they're a team that's, you know, star-studded, you know, one of the elite teams. So is is that because, and again, just hypothetically, because at its core, service is the number one job of a hooker, right? Is that because any kid that may show aptitude in that area is funneled into being a six or seven when they're young? So it, it's passing skill that they show first and foremost. Mm. So they're funneled into being a six or a seven. So you don't have those kids, and it just ends up being the kid that can tackle that plays hooker. Mm. Or it's like that additional work ethic burden, just the general yeah, attrition on your body as well mm. of being a nine versus, you know, in the halves, you don't necessarily have to take that much contact if you don't yeah, want to. that's it. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. interesting. Oh, well. It's a good question, man. Thank and you. Thank you very much. And uh, on that note... That is full time for what are we? Number four, four, six. So uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, to find our various links to our socials and uh, Patreon and everything else, go to thisweekinleague.com forward slash links. And uh, thank you to everyone who has uh, joined Patreon. We're seeing a lot of activity in there to start the season, which is excellent to see. Um, appreciate each and every one of you for um, joining up. Uh, I really need to get something together on the on the uh, membership side of things. I mean, this year we're actually more prepared than any other year for mm. for for three quarters of the memberships, but we That's just it. need to get that final piece organised. I mean, literally one of the pieces I produced and it's sitting there uh, out the back in the office. So um, need to get that going. We'll have that discussion over the rest of the week, I think, so we can try and push it through. Um, tipping, I didn't even fucking look up the results because I just assumed it's the apocalypse. Give bear with me for two seconds, and I will see if anyone actually did. Yeah, what we would say, you know, did well. Um, competitions, twill shipping, shipping championship. Okay, so well, there we go. I've had a name I haven't seen for a while. Oh, Alpha Ben RL, you got six, and uh, we we actually we had we got a top ten or we were top nine. All of them got six. Congratulations so, to a pom showing that by winning this week's tipping comp, you know nothing about rugby league. <laughs> <laughs> oh, has a has. There we go. That's another name. Other than that, it's all basically new names. I think that. Uh, so we'll see. So with the rest of the top ten at the moment, we'll see those uh, those guys drop out over the coming weeks. I'm sure. 
And I've seen 14th, there's someone called Barrett's Belmore. So, uh, yeah, nice one, mate. Ty- Tyrell Sloan next to Mortal in number sixth. Fucking calm down. But we don't have too many ESPN bunch of numbers names, so I'm glad we've I'm glad we fucking learned that lesson last year the hard way. Um, you boys have anything else you want to add? I think we've covered it all. Beautiful. In that case, I'm going to bring it close to the, to the proceedings, and under an hour, I'll fucking have you know, <laughs> and uh, I'll talk to you folks on Sunday. Yeah, you will. Later. See ya. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.